Welcome back into this week's episode of Bring Your A-Game with APAT. I'm, of course, Anthony Patterson. I hope you had a Merry Christmas and are having a happy holidays for sure. The New Year's around and I'm ready to just dive into a lot of stuff that we missed since the last time we did an episode. Uh, first things first, um, just want to send condolences out to my cousin, Tamira Carricker. R.I.P. She um she just finished a battle with cancer, um, passed away yesterday. And we just ask that you keep my family in prayers and just know that this is something she would love to see me do. Um, something she would listen to, of course, if she could have, and just continue to keep our family in prayers. Um, but Overall, today's episode, we're going to dive into recap of the Georgia High School football state championship games, Christmas Day games in NBA, and preview a few of the college games that is coming up on the new year. So, first things first, since it's been a while, let's jump into it. Um, in the class, single-A Division One state championship game, Prince Avenue, Christian defeated Swainsboro 49-32, um, a very high-scoring game. I was actually able to catch this game because I went to the Manchester versus Bowden game, which was after this one, and it was a great game for um, just just to watch. Um, Shouts out to Swainsboro. They played a heck of a game. Made things close, but Prince Avenue Christian just really made plays in this game. I was very impressed uh, from what they did and how they were able to do it for sure. Then in the single A Division Two championship game, you had my alma mater and the Manchester Blue Devils battling the Bowden Red Devils. Game had a lot on the line. Um, Manchester was seeking their first state title since 1997. Bowden looking to become back-to-back champions after winning last year. Manchester had a lot to play for after one of the teammates was um, brutally killed and murdered. Um, still have not named the suspect in that case, and we ask that you keep their family in the prayers and the, the team as well. Fortunately for my alma mater, the Manchester Blue Devils failed by one point. In the championship game, 28-27, a lot of talk going around um, in just different circles in my town, um, alumni and classmates, and I wanted to just give a few feedback on a few things. For one, I thought the game-changing plays, it was a few of them. One was right before half, Manchester was up, I believe, by a touchdown. And they were unable to get any points because of penalty and not good ball ball control, which unfortunately the clock ran out on the Blue Devils. They went into halftime having to having nothing to show for it. Even though they were up by a touchdown, I thought that was the difference because if they do get some points, that could be the difference in the game. I also thought another thing was, which is everybody's talking about, um, when Manchester scored their last touchdown um, on the extra point, um, they were called for a penalty blocking below the waist, which 
pushed them back, I believe, to the 18-yard line. It was a huge penalty. And unfortunately, Manchester ended up, at least from my vantage point, going for a fake field goal. Um, a lot of people question why they would fake it. Why wouldn't they just line up offensively? I believe ultimately they did want to kick. However, either if they did, um, they did, you know, Bowden did a great job blowing up, getting past the line, getting in the backfield to do that. And the last thing I felt was the difference in the game was the last drive, the last offensive drive of the game in which Bowden had the football. Manchester had plenty of chances on defense to get the ball back to ultimately try and win the game. A defense that has been known for making plays, getting stops, but one was a penalty on third and five where the defender jumps offside. That gives Bowden the first down. Another one is um, on third and long. Bowden quarterback drops back to pass. I think he makes an amazing play. Um, rushes to the first down marker um, after everything was covered. Great job by the Manchester defense. But that play was made. And ultimately, you know, Manchester just wasn't able to get any stops on that last drive of the game. And that proved to be the difference. Um, one other thing was it seemed that Bowden was about to score actually on one of the last plays of the game. I think it was second, third, last play of the game. And I wasn't sure if the coaching staff told the players to let them score so that they could have a chance to go back downfield and win the game. Ultimately, those were the differences in the game for me. Um, a lot of it was a lot of blame was put on coaches, and quite frankly, the coaches took responsibility for the ball control, especially going in the second half. But I thought the coaches coaches managed the game great, adjusting when they went down early, fourteen nothing, to air the ball out in the second half. I thought they did a great job sticking to what got them there and using that to ultimately stay in the game. Um, I just think the margin of error was so small, and that's the reason Manchester ultimately came up short in this game. But I'm still proud of my alma mater. Love the Blue Devils, and I hope, I just hope, you know, in my lifetime, they can get back to that point and ultimately bring the title home as well. And double A, you had Pierce County, who was a powerhouse in triple A, defeat Rockmart in overtime, 48-45. This was a wild game, but Pierce County running game just proved to be the difference. I mean, you have to give a lot of credit just to Pierce. Rockmart is still one of those schools, have been there multiple times in the state championship, but were unable to just get past the mark and just get a stop to win the game. And, you know, you, you feel you feel for games like this because you hate when somebody has to lose a game like that. But ultimately, you know, Pierce County proved to be the better team that day, and it showed. Rockmore also had an opportunity, but they fumbled deep in their own territory as well. Um, in class, AAA, Cedar Grove avenged their last year's state championship loss 
Winning 49-28 over Savannah Christian, I thought that, you know, Cedar Grove was ultimately the better team. I didn't care what their record was. I knew for a fact that Cedar Grove was the better team. They played better competition. It prepared them to make this playoff run to ultimately dominate Savannah Christian and win another state title, avenging last year's loss. One other thing I wanted to add, I'm so glad, finally, it, I hate that it took last year's viral moment and Cedar Grove had to be on the end of the stick of it. But I am so glad that Instant Replay and Challenges is now in Georgia High School Football State Championship games. It made a huge difference in a lot of cases um, for different teams. And it really just, we give props to the referees, everything they do. We love what they do. It's a hard job. But sometimes, you know, the instant replay helped make the right call in the biggest game of their career. And I'm glad that worked out for them as well. In class 4A, we had Stockbridge and Perry. I know going into this game, I was rooting for Stockbridge for many reasons. Um, you know, girlfriend lived in Henry County. Didn't go to Stockbridge, but that was something close to her. Um, Perry, both schools actually looking for their first state title in school history. And I thought the running game would be the difference for Stockbridge, but the ball just fell in favor of Perry that day. And you have to give credit. Perry made some plays. Um, Stockbridge goes up 14 to 10 in the second half. And on the return, Perry fumbles, but one of the players picks the ball up and runs it back for a touchdown. And I think that kind of showed that, you know, it was Perry's night. Um, shout out to, you know, I guess you would say that's middle Georgia, close to South Georgia, more so middle Georgia. But shout out to Perry for the first state title in school history. Hats off to a great game played. In 5A, you had Creekside and Coffee. Um Coffee obviously proved to be the better team in this game. Um, they won their championship 31-14 over Creekside. Um, just, you know, I think Creekside just ran into a better team. Uh, I know a lot of people, especially in the Atlanta area, people I know that went to school there, rooted for Creekside. Um, but ultimately, Coffee was a better team. Hats off, give them credit. They have been doing this for so long, they finally get over the hump. What I think was the best game, or, yeah, I would say the best game of the state championship was Class 6A championship game between Thomas County Central and Woodward Academy. Um, Thomas County Central literally got whatever they wanted, did whatever they wanted. They won the state title. They, they win their state title, 49-28 over Woodward Academy. Such a dominant performance. The fans came out. It seems that Thomas County Central is getting back to the old 90s team that won multiple state titles. And um, their coach actually, I believe, came from Colquitt County. And what a, just, what a great job. Just such a dominant performance. Um, and they, they were able to do whatever they wanted to, got whatever they needed and such a dominate performance in that game. And 
The seven eight game everybody was looking forward to between Walton and Milton. Milton, I mean, give look, Milton somehow when they're in a championship game, they always seem to find a way to win. Outside of, of course, a few years ago when they played Collins Hill uh, with Travis Hunter and crew. But this game, they made some plays. They came back. I think they uh, forced four interceptions on Walton's quarterback. And that proved to be the difference. Um, You know, to seal the deal, the quarterback for Walton had to go almost, I think, 95, 97 yards, something of that nature. And they forced a pick six to seal the game. That, you know, Milton wins their second state title in school history. I believe it's their second um, for sure. You have to give them a lot of credit just simply because Milton, they hit, they hit the right. They, they found their mojo. They found their stride um, towards the end of the season to go into the playoffs. And ultimately, that was the difference for them. On the NBA Christmas Day um, schedule, the New York Knicks battled the Milwaukee Bucks, and the Knicks won 129-122. I thought that the Knicks, it was a much-needed win for the Knicks, more so than the Bucks. but I think that the Knicks definitely have some pieces. I think the only thing that's missing is just the consistency factor for the Knicks to ultimately make some noise in the East and Get over that hump. Another game on Christmas was the Lakers and Celtics. That game ultimately ended up in the Celtics winning 126-115 over the Lakers. Celtics came out to a hot start. The Lakers found their way back into the game, made some plays. But ultimately, you know, the Celtics, the Celtics made plays. They're probably the best, if not one of the best teams in the NBA. The Lakers. Um, obviously LeBron said after the game that they're not at that level yet. And I definitely have to agree. And the Lakers, you know, have their work filled out for them, but I think things will be fine. Another game that was on Christmas was the Golden State Warriors and the Denver Nuggets. Um, the Nuggets. Showing that they're the defending champ. They won over the Warriors, 120-114. Warriors, I think what's different for the Warriors this year is that it seems that everything, this is not the Warriors team's past. Things are not easy for them. You know, they have to work from the outside in. They don't have much of an inside presence. And I think that is ultimately holding them back. I definitely believe the Warriors need to make a move to make a jump and to ultimately contend in the West simply because the West has gotten better. Um, I believe, the well, that day, I believe, with the loss, I have to look at those standards again. Um, the Warriors and the Lakers were the two play-in team spots. And the war, you know, the Warriors really have to get it together. They have to find an inside presence. They have to figure out what will work for them when when they need moments because while Steph Curry is great, um, it's hard for him to do what he can because the West is so good. Klay Thompson 
kind of coming back to himself, but he also has, you know, ways he has to go to be consistent. I get that Draymond Green is out. He is a huge impact for the team, but we have to see more from him as well and not be on the sidelines <laughs> for sure. Over to the college football slate, uh, we have the Georgia Bulldogs and Florida State Seminoles playing in the Orange Bowl this Saturday at 4 o'clock in Miami. And to be honest with you guys, <laughs> I know a lot of people know me for just watching Georgia football, watching college football. I'm not as interested in this game simply because, you know, not only were these two teams that got screwed by the college football playoff committee, um, there's just not really much to play for. I mean, yeah, you could say some young guys get their opportunity to play, get their opportunity to shine, but I don't know. This game does, is not doing much for me. Florida State has set out, set, has many players sitting, sitting out this game. Georgia has some of their main players playing, which is, Good, but um, for me, I don't think it makes too much of a difference if Georgia wins or loses, and neither for Florida State. Just because of everything that's happening next year with conference realignment, um, expansion, playoffs, and everything of that nature. Give me Georgia to win um, this game. Just be on the lookout. I think Florida State will play motivated for sure, but just give me Georgia to win. They're the better team. Um, Florida State, I don't think Florida State's some of their key players are not playing in this game. And even if they were, I'm not sure how that will fare, but I don't see it happen. On New Year's Day, we have, in the Rose Bowl, you have number four Alabama, number one Michigan. I know earlier, well, in, the pre, in one of the previous episodes, um, I said Michigan would beat Alabama. I'm going to stick to that. I believe Michigan will be able to do things on the ground and defensively to force Alabama to make plays. Jalen Merrill, he's been all right, but I think this is a game where he will have a turnover and a team like Michigan will look to capitalize on the opportunity. Also, Michigan has not beat the SEC team in the playoffs, so I know there's cause for concern. Um but I just I'm not I'm just now on the um Alabama side with this one. Uh I just think Michigan will be able to do some things and ultimately win the game. And Michigan will go to the championship game in the Sugar Bowl, we got Texas and Washington. I think that's going to be a really close game than people think. Um, what I saw the other day, I believe Washington and Texas played in the bowl game last year, and I believe Washington won, I think it was 27-20 or something like that. Anyways, um, I do believe that this is this is going to be a closer game for sure. and. I've been going back and forth on this, guys. I'm I'm really not sure. Something's telling me to pit Texas, but I'm gonna go Michigan and hmm, I'm gonna go Michigan and Washington 
in the championship game. So, no, I'm, I'm kind of surprised making that pick as well, but I think I'm going Michigan and Washington as well. Um, we'll predict national championship game in the next episode or so. Um, but, you know, thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the podcast. Um, please follow us on Instagram. We have our YouTube page, Bring Your A-Game with APAT. And, you know, we we want to continue to bring you a lot of sports topics. And just let us know how you feel. What are your predictions for the college football playoffs? Um, what are some questions you have for me? And just let me know. What do you want to hear on this podcast? Again, I appreciate all the listeners and everybody that tunes in. Um, I really appreciate the love and support people have been giving me for sure. Um, as one special person, definitely want to give a shout out to for that. And I think they know that is, um, they were the one to help push me to make this podcast. And, um, I hope they know that. So ultimately I hope you all have a wonderful weekend. I hope you have a great new year's, new year's Eve. Um, and just, and yeah, we will see you in the next episode and you have a wonderful day.